again, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Three Point Podcast and our first annual Prep Pigskin Preview. I'm Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and the play-by-play voice of Shiawassee County on Z92.5 The Castle. On the phone is Matt Burns of ESPN, and joining me in the studio is Jared Fatel of Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our sponsors include the Corona Public Schools, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and our podcast recording home, Z92.5 The Castle. We're going to be traveling throughout the Great Lakes State and talk with special guests and media members. They'll fill us in on teams and players to look out for under the Friday Night Lights this fall. If you like what you hear, help us continue to grow and subscribe on Apple Podcast, iTunes, and rate us and also comment on our page. You can follow us on SoundCloud or tune in also. Whichever site you use and listen to, we really appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, uh, really looking forward to this podcast as we're going throughout the state and uh, talking to a lot of media members. But the most important thing is we're talking high school football, babies. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's one of those things like you grow up in a town like Corona and, you know, a small town, mid-Michigan, kind of blue-collar town. And, and football, is it, it's a big deal. I know we talked about it on our previous podcast was, was it more a football or basketball school. I think it's definitely a football school, so it's definitely cool around town when football comes back. Yeah, it gives you it gives you something to do, whether you're on the team or whether you just go there and watch it, you know, every Friday. But maybe something this is just something I remember, you know, hopefully this year it's a little better. Last year I just felt kind of, you know, I don't know if nostalgic's the right word, but just sort of sad that, you know, my career is over. Yeah, it's tough. with The first year out of high school after playing high school varsity football, it is tough that next year mm-hmm. watching the team out there play when you, when you miss it so much, right? Yeah, exactly. Is that something that goes away, or is it mostly just the It goes away. Okay. It does go away, for sure. But I tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We kick off with the Owasso at Corona game. Always a huge rival contest, despite the Trojans being down uh, in the dumps the last few years looking for wins. But the kids are always up to play the Cavaliers and vice versa. Yeah, I remember, you know, that when I played in high school back in 2001-2002 for for varsity, uh, the Owasso rivalry a couple years before finally came back, but it had went away for a little while uh, with Corona, so so it was cool for that rivalry to come back for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, we're looking forward to it, and uh, let's get things kicked off right now and keep it here in Shiawassee County and check in with Ryan Wise of the Argus Press. Got to be one of the uh, the most exciting times uh, of the year. Excited to uh, get back to the grind. Well, the Argus covers it like a blanket here in Shiawassee County and parts of Clinton and Saginaw. Let's start right off with maybe uh, some players to watch out for this year. My number three kid, uh, Brendan Schultz, uh, Perry. He's a linebacker. He was a, uh, I believe he was a second team, no, first team all area for us last year. Also, I'll mention uh, all state and division five and six by the Associated Press had 98 tackles. And Perry is kind of one of those teams that, you know, I ask myself this every year. Is this the year that they're going to break through and make the playoffs? They've gotten close a couple times in the past. And last year, they it looked like they might break through, but they had a couple of tough losses um, and ended up missing again. So if Perry's going to make the playoffs, uh, I think he uh, is going to be the key f- to get them there. And then uh, number two, this is the first time this has actually happened since I've been sports editor. Uh, Hunter Nowak uh, Morris, he's a senior quarterback. He was our player of the year uh, last year for Shiawassee County, and this is the first time that the player of the year is coming back to defend, I guess you would say, his award. His title, yeah. So uh, that, that's a very exciting thing, I think, for Morris. Uh, I talked to them last week, uh, Coach Kendall Crockett. 
he, he's going to have a, a very good team in front of him, not just with Hunter Nolap. He's got a very good offensive line coming back. And, you know, this is a kid that ran for almost 2,000 yards and 30 touchdowns last year. So if he can get, you know, anywhere close to those numbers again, uh, Morris is going to be a team that uh, you're going to have to watch out for in the postseason. Uh, and then my third and number one kid, I didn't even find out this kid went to the New Lothrop until I think Tuesday I found out. Aiden Harrison, he is a flushing transfer, committed to play at Missouri, actually, um, and was the 36th-ranked player in Michigan by 247 Sports. He's 6'3", 175, and he's listed as a running back right now in New Lothrop's starting rotation, but I believe he played a little bit of wide receiver last year for flushing. And Coach Clint Galvis down there has uh, actually compared him a little bit to Amari Coleman, who, you know, as we all know, went through a little short stint with the Lions uh, in their training camp uh, back last month. So, uh, you know, if he can produce anything like what Amari Coleman did in his senior year, New Northrop was going to be a good team before they got this kid, and now that they've got this kid in the fold, you're looking at one of the top contenders in Division Seven. Well, let's segue right into the top teams in our area. Uh, I think it goes without saying that New Lothrop, perennially one of the top teams in our area, is on your list. So why, why don't you go down your list of three there? Uh, yeah, we'll get to New Lothrop in a little bit. Uh, my, my, first, my third team, I guess you would say, uh, is Byron. This is a team that surprised a lot of people, I think, last year. Uh, went 5-4 and four in the regular season. Picked up kind of a signature win week two over Corona. A lot of people thought that was a kind of an upset. You know, and they, they did all this uh, moving up to the GSA Red, which is, you know, was the uh, larger division in the Genesee Area Conference last year. So I don't think a lot of people expected that out of them. Uh, you know, moving up a division. But they're obviously moving to the new league, the MMAC, a bunch of local schools in that league this year. And I think uh, they can do some damage in that league. You know, I think you look at that league, Ovid Elsie, New Lothrop, those are probably the two contenders. But Byron is right there behind them. Talked about them a little bit uh, previously. Um, our two team, Morris, uh, were 9-2 and two last year. Lost in the second round of the playoffs uh, in the eight-band division to Deckerville. We talked a little bit about Hunter Nowak. I think the thing that I took away from talking to Coach Kendall Crockett last week was uh, the offensive line. He went as far as to call it their best offensive line that he's had, and this is now his fifth season, and he called it the best unit that they've had uh, on the offensive line. So this is a team that has made the playoffs, I think, in three of his four seasons. So that's pretty high praise, I think, coming from him. And I think I looked at the projected starters from last year and compared it to this year, and I think they return either 10 or 11 of their starters from last season. So uh, this is a team that could do some real damage in the A-man division if they get on a roll. And obviously we talked a little bit about it with Aiden Harrison. Uh, my number one team, New Ultrip, seems like it's that way every year. They're always good, uh, and I think that comes down the coaching uh, and uh, the talent that they're able to produce out there. Went 10-1 last year, lost a second in the second round of the playoffs to Tuomo Estelia, who, as you know, went on to win the state championship for the second year in a row. So obviously no shame in losing to them. But with Aiden Harrison in the fold now, uh, they're bringing back Avery Moore at quarterback. He threw for 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns last year. Bringing back an all-state first-team lineman in Jason Tunstall. This is a team that could I see I could see making a, a run possibly to Ford Field. Well, if you're looking to follow me on Twitter, I actually changed my Twitter handle a little bit. My Twitter handle is now R underscore K underscore Weiss, and our sports department's account is at Argus Preps. And uh, I want to plug our football preview a little bit. Uh, we do a big football preview section every single year. It's coming out with Thursday's paper, which is going to be the first day of football games uh, this season for most teams. Uh, we got a couple games on Friday, um, but I think most teams are getting going on Thursday. 
So uh, that'll come with your Thursday paper if you're a subscriber or if you pick it up from the newsstand. All right, guys, let's head over to uh, the Detroit area. And the first one we're going to talk to is Scott Bernstein. He does a lot of things, but his fall job is working for the State Champs Network on Fox Sports Detroit over there. Let's hear what Scott has to say about uh, the Detroit area football. All right, this is Scott Bernstein checking in from Metro Detroit. I write uh, prep sports and college recruiting for the Oakland Press and State Champs Network. Uh, I'm going to break you down three players to watch in Metro Detroit for the upcoming 2018 prep football campaign, guys that I uh, have my eye out on and you should too. Let's start out with a defensive end, Darius Robinson from Canton, one of the best players out of the KLAA. He is a kid that's a defensive end, six foot six, 260 pounds, lightning fast, coming off the edge, coming after the quarterback, uh, great technique, great natural instincts. This is a kid that hadn't played organized football until last year, uh, just picked up the game in the summer of 2017, and by the summer of 2018, he has over two dozen uh, power conference division one offers and right now his choices are being said to be down to msu colorado syracuse and maryland uh, moving on to the second player that i think you should keep your eye out on for would be madison heights madison senior quarterback austin brown uh, i call him metro detroit's version of drew Brees. he is a cool calm and collected signal caller with great pocket presence and just stats galore. This kid as a junior put up over 3,000 yards in the air and 30 touchdowns, led his Madison squad into the Division Seven Final Four, spent his first two years in high school starting at uh, Novi Detroit Catholic Central, so has definitely been uh, battle-tested against bigger competition. Um, right now he's only a two-star recruit, but uh, a kid that, in my opinion, you know, could play in the Big Ten, could play in the Big 12, Right now, his offers are from Akron, Toledo, Miami of Ohio, and then from the Ivy League, Cornell and Dartmouth. So uh, I think that Austin Brown is a guy that will be lighting up the scoreboard um, like it's the 4th of July. Um, the third player I think that you should know about is a cornerback named Josh DeBerry from Warren De La Salle out of the Catholic League. Uh, De La Salle is the defending Division II state champions, and DeBerry is one of their linchpins coming back for the repeat effort. He is a six foot 175 lockdown cornerback with uh, speed and instinct, intelligence, and uh, leadership qualities. He is a kid that right now is only a three-star recruit, but in my opinion, he's a four-star talent. His biggest offers are from Boston College, Colorado State, and Cincinnati. But in my opinion, he's a kid just like Austin Brown that could easily play in the Big Ten or Big 12 and someone that if he has a big year in 2018, you expect bigger offers to be coming down the pike. All right, the three storylines that I think people should follow in Metro Detroit. First off, you have the final year of the Farmington Hills Harrison football program, the godfather of the MHSAA coaching ranks, John Harrington, the state's winningest all-time coach, uh, constructed the Harrison program from the ground up starting in 1970, making it into a national pigskin power, consistently putting out blue-chip recruits as well as uh, future NFL players like Drew Stanton. John Harrington has been to a record 18 state finals, has won a record 14 state championships, and at the end of the 2019 school year, the doors will be closing on Farmington Hills Harrison, which means at the end of the 2018 season, the doors will be closing, the curtain will be falling on the, the storied Harrison football program. Another storyline I think people should keep an eye out for is what's going on over at Harper Woods. You have uh, Roderick Oden, 
the former coach at Detroit East English Village as well as Detroit Crockett, coming over to Harper Woods, which is a school and a program with really no football history to speak of. Well, that's going to change very fast. Odin has brought a number of his starters from East English Village, guys that are Division One recruits, into the fold at Harper Woods, as well as having a transfer quarterback out of Oak Park by the name of Corey Graham, who was the backup to Ohio State commit Dewan Mathis the last two years. Graham should come in and start immediately at Harper Woods and will be flanked by Bowling Green recruit Jordan Anderson and Toledo recruit Elijah Griffin. In the middle uh, on the line, Rashawn Gully is going to Morgan State. And then a real diaper dandy as a sophomore, Davion Weatherspoon, who's getting a lot of power conference love right now uh, and has an offer from the University of Michigan. One of the most intriguing aspects of the 2018 season in Metro Detroit is the continuation of this superstar team phenomenon. These local squads that have become destinations where clusters of blue chip recruits all come and play together on the same squad. Taking their cue from what's been going on in the NBA these last couple of years with, with players like LeBron James and Kevin Durant, you have a lot of high school players that want to come play with their buddies. In other cases, you just have real strong grassroots programs bearing fruit. Uh, in Metro Detroit, we have five of these super teams, as I like to call them, squads with literally a dozen to 15 or 16 Division One college prospects on them. Schools like Detroit King, Detroit Cast Tech, West Bloomfield, Oak Park, and then maybe most interesting of all, Belleville, who right now has probably the most talent man for man on any squad in the state of Michigan. They have arguably the best player on offense in the class of 2019 and five-star offensive lineman Devontae Dobbs. And they have a four-star cornerback wide receiver in Julian Barnett. Both Barnett and Dobbs will be heading to Michigan State. And they also have other playmakers like Jalen Hunt, a defensive end that's heading to Iowa. Marvin Hamm, a linebacker that's going to Boston College. And Tyrese Woods, a transfer from Detroit King, where he won a state championship as a sophomore, coming into the fold at a hybrid defensive end linebacker who had just committed to the University of Michigan. Belleville is a team that, again, kind of like Harper Woods, doesn't have a lot of football history, at least in the last 15, 20 years. But with Jermaine Crowell coming over from Detroit Cast Tech a handful of years ago where he had helped Thomas Wiltshire build Cast Tech into the superpower that it is in the PSL, he's doing the same thing at Belleville right now, and they should be contending for the Division One state championship West Bloomfield has one of the best linebacking cores the state has seen in a long time. And Lance Dixon, a Penn State recruit, Makari Page and Cornell Wheeler, all with high-end power conference interest on the recruiting scene. Oak Park has Ohio State commit quarterback Dewan Mathis and a five-star offensive lineman and Justin Rogers, as well as a four-star, possibly five-star cornerback and Enzo Jennings. Detroit King has what could be the best wide receiving core in the state right now with four Division I recruits in the passing game led by Central Michigan quarterback Daquan Finn, who will be spreading the ball out to juniors Rashawn Williams, Lemanuel Watley-Neely, as well as seniors Daryl Wyatt and Jalen McGahee. Speaking of Cast Tech, the technicians, again, should be the class of the PSL and Division One, led by a slew of Division One recruits. Jaron Mangum and Lou Nichols make up a fire and ice combo in the backfield that can compete with any running tandem in the state, Mangum is going to Colorado. Lou Nichols has an offer from UCLA, as well as a number of other schools. Their secondary is incredibly talented with Kyron McKinney-Harper, 
or Mondale Dingle and Jalen Graham, as well as Xavier Goldsmith. All four of those kids will be playing Division One football. This is Scott Bernstein signing off from Metro Detroit. I'll be covering prep football in the Detroit area in 2018 for both the Oakland Press and the State Champs Network. You can get all of my latest information at Bernie's Tweets as well as at the statechampsnetwork.com and the oaklandpress.com. Well, up next on the pod is ABC 12 Sports anchor and flushing zone, Ryan Slocum. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the pod, and we're looking forward to hearing about what's going on in the uh, Flynn area. Oh, you got it, man. I appreciate you giving me a call, and uh, it's going to be another exciting year. We had three teams make it from our viewing area to uh, the state championship game last year. Hopefully we get a couple more. Well, let's start right there. Let's start with the teams that uh, our listeners ought to be looking out for and maybe some of the storylines that go along with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it always starts and stops with us, Ithaca. Uh, Every year they have been to the state championship seven times out of the past eight years. They've won five of them. They didn't bring home the D6 title last year, but this is going to be an interesting year for them because, you know, they always just reload no matter what they do. And they'll probably do that again this year, but uh, they lost a lot. They lost a lot of guys last year, including uh, their quarterback, Joey Bentley. They got to replace him, and they're going to replace him with a couple of names that sound familiar. Uh, Peyton Smith and Brady Hesbrook, the son of uh, Coach Terry Hesbrook, one or both of those guys are going to be under center, and they are both very young, um, not much experience whatsoever. So it's going to be interesting for them. And they also have a 73-game winning streak, regular season. First game of the year, they played the Division Seven champs, Puamo Westphalia, right out of the gate. And PW, from what I understand, is loaded again. Yeah. So that, you know, they could, day one, right out of the gate, uh, they could be looking like, you know, that streak could be over. Another team from uh, that, uh, around that area, anyways, uh, Swan Valley, made the state championship game a year ago in Division Five, fell a little bit short. They're loaded. That team was young. They were not expecting to make it that far that year. They did. They went 12-2. and two. They got everybody back. Uh, and as you're going to hear with me, I'm big on quarterbacks in the high school level. They got their quarterback back as well, Alex Freeze, along with dang near every one of his weapons. So look out for them in Division Five as well. You know, when we were talking about quarterbacks, we had a number of them. They seemed like they were around forever last year. They're gone now. Benton is one of them. Josh Sarnato was there, I believe, a three-year starter. He broke every single Metro League record that there was. He's gone. They got a guy named Dylan Davidson. They're going to try to fill in with him. He's a sophomore. Um, big shoes to fill there, especially when you're talking about a Fenton team that has won seven Metro League titles in a row. This could be the year that uh, that streak comes to an end. Well, you know, you talked about Ithaca and Puamo Westphalia, but uh, how about New Lothrop? What about the, the Hornets and Clint Galvis? Let me tell you something. That is going to be incredible. And you're talking about Aiden Harris last year, a two-way player, I saw that kid, first game of the year, take a 100-yard pick six back at Atwood Stadium against Linden. And I knew who he was, but then, you know, and I've been told over and over again, especially by the basketball coach, who's now the AD, Adam Smith, he's like, this kid's a freak, man. This kid's just an athlete. First, he came across the field, stole that thing, and just took off. And I saw him make numerous plays throughout the year that were just incredible. His family moved down the road to New Lothar. He's going there. He's going to be tag-teamed with their quarterback, who I believe is going to be a junior named Avery Moore. That kid can throw the ball. That kid can throw the ball. And at that level, in the new mid-Michigan 
Activities Conference. I don't see how Aiden Harrison doesn't score every single time he touches the ball. I'm, I'm not kidding you. This is going to be like Amari Coleman 2.0, I think. Uh, if you remember Amari, who won out of Central Michigan and was a two-time MAC player of the year, or MAC uh, first-team all-defensive player. I could see Aiden just torching everybody he plays. They're going to be very dangerous, uh, that combo there. And then, yeah, like you said, he's going to play safety at the next level. He's an incredible defender. Um, Yeah, you're you're going to be hearing that name every single week. Tell our listeners what they can uh, expect from the great people over there at ABC 12. Well, we're we're going to give you the best coverage uh, that we can, and we've been doing that for, shoot, I don't even know how many years now. I know I've been doing it 16, and the guys before me were doing it as well. That's going to be the station you're going to want to watch every single Friday. And then this first two weeks, the first two Thursdays, we will be doing full Highlight Zone shows at 11 o'clock, the first two Thursdays of the season, Friday as well the first week. You know, we're going to get every storyline you, you can, the best teams, the best players. We didn't even mention maybe the best player in the area, Mike Fletcher at Carmen Ainsworth. And his brother, uh, his brother is quarterback there as well. And uh, hopefully they can put it all together this year. They got the talent. They definitely have the talent. They just need to put it together. But the storylines, the players, the plays, everything, we're going to have it for you at about 11, 15 every single night. And uh, we're just going to have a good time, man, where we try to showcase you, showcase your kids, showcase your team, and do it in a fun way that everybody likes to watch and have a good time. You don't even feel like you're, uh, you know, you're learning anything. You're just having a good time. That's what we try to do every night. And then as well, we got our Athlete of the Week that's going to be starting up the first week of September as well. Not necessarily who did the best that week, but just the best athletes and the best stories from around the area. And that is every Wednesday at 5.20. And that's starting whatever the date is the first week in September. All right, guys. Well, it's really cool to be hearing all these uh, the media experts and the, the previews for all the teams around the state. Let's move over to the west side of the state, the Grand Rapids area, and a couple uh, guys that we have on the horn, Fox 17 sports director Jason Hutton. I know he's been covering high school football for a long time over there, and, and also he does some work for Fox 17 during football season, but he also is the, the sports director for Wood Radio over there and, and calls games on ESPN Radio 96.1. Brett Bakita. These two guys are going to give us a good preview of uh, football in, in West Michigan. This is Jason Hutton from Fox 17. I've been working on our high school football show, The Blitz, for 10 years. We're excited for a big 2018. As we look at West Michigan high school football going into this fall, I think there's some bigger question marks than we've had in the past. Sure, we have state champions, but we've got a five-time defending state champion in West Catholic that's trying to become the first school ever to win six in a row in the state of Michigan. And they have a lot to replace, and I think some big question marks. Then you've got a perennial power like Lowell that has a lot of question marks. There's a new head coach and trying to replace a great senior class. Rockford's in a similar boat. They still have Ralph Munger at the helm, but they've got a big senior class to replace as well. So as I look at my big three storylines entering the season, I'm looking at a defending state champion, Muskegon, which won Division Three last year. They were gone. They scored over 700 points, allowed less than 100 that's never been done in the state history in Michigan high school football before. Now, the Big Reds obviously have a lot of great players to replace, like quarterback Ladarius Jefferson, who's at Michigan State now, and, of course, big left tackle T.J. Reed, who's at Western Michigan. But the Big Reds do return four 
offensive linemen, and I thought the offensive line was a big, big reason for their success a year ago there, led by Anthony Bradford, the big right tackle, goes somewhere around 360 to 370 pounds. He's already committed to LSU. He's really good. And then you bring in the fact that they brought in Cam Martinez to play quarterback. He started as a freshman and sophomore and the Stephen Catholic Central was, of course, on the 2016 state championship team at Muskegon Catholic Central. He's the real deal. Indiana wants him to play quarterback. Notre Dame is very interested in him as well. Of course, he's still got two full years of high school to go. And then you look at Alavante Wallace, who was their starting middle linebacker last year. He comes back as well, might even run the ball a little bit too. I'm not sure if you can possibly be as good as Muskegon was last year, but this team certainly is a legitimate state championship contender again in 2018. Another team I look at, another defending state champion, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. The Cougars lost Jalen Mayfield, who's in the mix to potentially start on the offensive line at the University of Michigan this year. They lost record-breaking running back Nolan Fugate, who's now at Davenport University. They lost their quarterback, Jack Bowen. But they started four sophomores on defense last year, winning the state championship. They returned seven on that side of the ball. I think their defense is going to be lights out. At quarterback, they have Joe Collins. They've got a really good offensive line, despite the fact that they lost a couple of guys there. I think Grand Rapids Catholic Central is, again, the favorite in Division Four. And another team I'm going to look at in the West Michigan area, Forest Hills Central. Now, the Rangers won their first 12 games last year, went to the state semifinals in Division Two before losing to Livonia Franklin. They lost a big and talented senior class, but they returned guys like quarterback Luke Majic, who was so good when he burst on the scene last year as a junior. Tate Halleck, his favorite target, is a senior this year. He's, of course, already committed to Michigan State, where his dad, Ty Halleck, played. They also bring in a junior class that has had a lot of success on the lower levels. As we look at some of the individual players to watch, i got to start with East Kentwood and Mozzie Smith. The University of Michigan commit, he's big and he's really good on that defensive line. Of course, EK's got a bunch of linemen to watch out for. They, of course, have, uh, have the big fella who's going to the University of Wisconsin, Logan Brown. He's ranked by rivals as the number one player in the state of Michigan. And then they've got a couple of kids from the 2020 class that are really good as well and highly touted in Dallas Fincher on the offensive line and Bryce Mostilla on the defensive line. But I think Mozzie Smith is the, is, is the guy to really keep your eye on this year on that defensive line for East Kentwood in that really tough OK Red. Another player to watch as we go to the other side of the rivalry and go to Zeeland East where Adam Berghorst is committed to Michigan State. He's a defensive end, and it's funny when you watch Zeeland East last year, the guy that jumped off the page at you was linebacker Boone Bonham, who seemed to make every play. He's going to Western Michigan. But, of course, Berghorst has those intangibles, the side, the speed, the athleticism, and I think he's going to have to play offensive line for the Chicks this year as well because they're a little thinner on the offensive line this season, but Zeeland East also a team to watch in West Michigan. And my third player to watch is a guy, he's probably not a power five guy, but I think he's a lot of fun to watch, Comstock Park quarterback Chase Brown. His third year as a starter for the Panthers. I mean, he put up huge numbers last year. He threw for over 450 yards and put up 50 points in the loss to Grand Rapids Catholic Central, who, of course, went on and won the Division Four state championship. I think Comstock Park's a team that could have a really good year because they're led by such a veteran and talented quarterback in Chase Brown. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch West Michigan high school football as it always is. Maybe a few more question marks this year than we've had in the years past, but still maybe the most talented senior class we've had on this side of the state in a long time when you think about individual talent. So we're ready to kick it off on Thursday. You can catch us on the Blitz on Fox 17. And if you're out of the Grand Rapids, uh, West Michigan viewing area, of course, catch all of our stuff at fox17online.com. Thanks for having me. 
Okay, guys, joining us next is Brett Paquita. His title is Horse Director at Wood Radio and ESPN 961 in West Michigan, uh, the greater Grand Rapids area. But uh, I know him as the, the high school football guru over there. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, Brett. Hey, Matt, appreciate it. Love what you guys do. And I tell you, it's going to be another exciting high school football season, as it always seems to be with multiple teams across West Michigan and the OK Conference and beyond. And, you know, I was talking to my partner, Jason Hunt from Fox 17, who I know you guys had on the show. And this year, it seems like there's a lot of question marks in the fact of skill position players returning. You know, offensive linemen, and we'll get into this more as we go through this podcast, and defensive linemen kind of rule the roost as far as returning starters this year and Division One talent in the area. But when I look at three players that I'm really excited to see this year, it's always a luxury, as you guys know, when you have a third-year starting quarterback at the varsity level, and that's what they've got at West Ottawa, Isaac Van Dyke. He is six foot one, two hundred pounds. He got hurt his sophomore year when he was supposed to be the first year starter for the Panthers under a new head coach in Ryan Oshnock, but then he made up for that injury, missing most of that season his junior year. Last year throwing for twenty four hundred yards, thirty four touchdowns, rushed for over five hundred yards. He is a dual threat quarterback and they averaged more than thirty five points per game as they won outright the OK Red Championship. That's the first time they've done that in school history. And even though he lost some targets in Liam Cavanaugh and Xavier Wade to the college ranks, look out for Isaac Van Dyke in the Panthers this year in the OK Red. I'll move from there to the OK Green, Zealand East linebacker Boone Bonema. That's a football name for you. And I tell you, this kid lives up to the hype. He is a tackling machine. Multiple times last year, leading the Chicks defense with double-digit tackles every Friday night, and that's why he's got a look and got a commitment to Western Michigan University. Some people think that might change. He might go higher than Mac by the time he's done his senior season, but he leads that Chicks defense, and he's not alone. Adam Berghorst, defensive lineman, also a starting offensive lineman this year for the Chicks, which is new, going to Michigan State. So Zeeland East is going to be loaded, but Boone Bonema is a name to remember. And then from there, I'm going to go to maybe one of the best two-way players, offense and defense, that we have in West Michigan. The name sounds familiar for Michigan State fans, but certainly he is the youngest of the trillage, and that is Tate Halleck. His dad, Ty, of course, starred and played at Michigan State, played for the Lions, the Bears, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now his older brother, Tanner, who graduated a couple years ago, is a preferred walk-on at Michigan State. But Tate Halleck got the offer from Mark D'Antonio, accepted it in the summer. He's going to Michigan State as well, but he's a different type of player than his dad and his brother. He's six foot four. He's 190 pounds. He's got blazing speed when he turns to the outside as a receiver. He goes up and gets the football. He can dunk the basketball, and he is one of the better two-way players you're going to see at this level. All he did last year was help lead Forest Hills Central to a 12-0 start. They got to the Division II semifinals before they suffered their first loss winning the OK White Conference Championship, and he's ready to do it again. He's got his quarterback back in Luke Majic, so look for big things, catching the football from Michigan State recruit Kate Halleck of Forest Hill Central. And that leads me, Matt, to a storyline that I mentioned earlier. It's the year of the lineman, Anthony Bradford. I stood next to him and took a photo. He's 6'5", 370 pounds for Muskegon, a third-year starter for the Big Reds, defending state champs in Division Three. He's headed to LSU. I guess he likes to crawfish is what I hear. But Anthony Bradford can certainly pave the way for the Muskegon skilled players. Two other big guys. 
Logan Brown and Mozzie Smith both go to East Kentwood. Mozzie going to, to a U of M for Jim Harbaugh as a defensive lineman. Logan Brown, offensive lineman to Wisconsin. They got a lot of talent there, but yet they didn't make the playoffs last year when these guys were juniors. They got a chip on their shoulder this year. Look out for those guys to help lead East Kentwood maybe to something special in the OK Red. And then Spencer Holstead. Another offensive lineman already committed to Purdue for South Christian. I'll get more on the Sailors in a little bit, but obviously offense and defensive lineman, I mentioned Adam Burkhorst from Zeeland East going to Michigan State, is really the key position this year. And as you know, Matt, you got to have the hog mollies to have a special season. Well, yeah, you brought up Grand Rapids South Christian Sailors, and uh, I have some bad memories with the Sailors back in 2002 <laughs> when, I, when I played for Corona. They beat us in the second round of the playoffs. They went on to win the state championship. But, but what do you have to say about the Sailors? Well, I tell you, they have continued their tradition as Mark Tamiga has taken over a longtime defensive coordinator as their head coach after Bob Blackwire, the legendary coach, decided to hang up the whistle and it took a couple years in transition as it always seems to do in a legendary coach passes on even if it stays within his staff we'll watch that with Lowell and Noel Dean now announcing his retirement over the summer for the Lowell Red Arrows but South Christian since that point has really got it clicking now they're in a tough conference in the OK Gold with Grand Rapids Christian in the realignment East Grand Rapids is in there usually South Christian has seen themselves as one of the top schools in that conference that they played in but now in the okay goal it's a different story as i say that though they really showed me something last year with a young club they were seven and one going into week nine they lose a tough one to east grand rapids who had a great season to the pioneers they were the conference champs in the okay gold 13 to 7 could have gone either way and so South Christian, you know, had to live through that with the summer. They lost in the opening round of the playoffs to Plainwell. I think that East Grand Rapids loss really kind of was a hangover effect for them. And so I really like South Christian, what they got back. They got an athletic quarterback, if he plays quarterback, and Luke Scrotenbohr. The reason I say that, they got a junior quarterback coming up who really impressed people in camps and workouts over the summer named Chase Bradman. So keep an eye on that kid. But they've got a lot of skill positions, and they've got Spencer Holston, Spencer Holstake, two guys that go 250-plus on the offense and defensive lines that will help South Christian this year, I think, to maybe go for an OK Gold Conference Championship. Now, the other two teams I like, I've already mentioned as far as players, Forest Hill Central, got to love when you have your quarterback back. And I mentioned Luke Majic, Tate Halleck. They've got other guys that will help them out. Cam Dines running the football. So they're going to be fine. And remember, they're a team that averaged over 35 points per game last year, which was a school point of total points for a season mark for them that they had never even been close to as far as lighting up the scoreboard. And then Zeeland East in the OK Green. It's a tough conference. you got Unity Christian. you got Holland. Keep your eye on them. Byron Center usually in the mix, as well as Zeeland West. But Zeeland East, I think they've got something to prove because after their great season and winning the OK Green last year, they lost in the opening round of playoffs. It always seems to happen when they get paired up with Zeeland West and John Shillitoe. After beating them in the regular season convincingly, they lost in the first round of the playoffs, and they were done right there on the drive to Ford Field. So those are three teams to watch as we look at this season and get excited for, obviously, another run to the Ford Field for these area teams. Well, hey, listen, I know uh, when my, my time at Fox 17, I got to know uh, West Michigan football a little bit. I know you guys cover it like a blanket over there. Where can our listeners find you guys this fall? Well, I appreciate that, Matt. We do a great job uh, with our whole team, as you know. It's not just myself and Jason who you see on TV. Our videographers, 
Chris Gorski, of course, helping us with special reports. But Black 17 Football Blitz with myself and the book, Jason Hutton, every Friday, except if it's a Thursday game. Then, obviously, tune in on Thursday night, 1030 to 1130. We're usually live on location with our game of the week. And also, I'll talk to the West Michigan audience as well, doing the radio play-by-play on ESPN 961. You can also live stream that anywhere worldwide at PrepsMI.com. That's PrepsMI.com with our radio broadcast of our Game of the Week. And we open up this Thursday, Allendale hosting Unity Christian. Always a good one. Join Corona Public Schools' winning team today. Find out why nearly 40% of their students make Corona their school of choice. Whether young or old, it's great to be gold. Check them out online at corona.k12.mi.us. Check out the great folks at Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's the spot to meet up with your friends, catch your favorite sporting events on their 21 TVs, and after the Friday night lights game you go to, stop on by for some great food and drink specials, including great burgers, wings, and pizza. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill, located on the corner of Shiawassee at M21 in Corona. It's our Prep Pigskin Preview Show, and let's go to lead prep reporter at the Lansing State Journal, Brian Calloway. First of all, Brian, thanks for joining us on our pod, and uh, we want to see what's going on in high school football in the Lansing area. Yeah, it's going to be another exciting season here in the Lansing area, and there's a number of all-state players that will be back on the gridiron this fall, but one of some of the ones that really stand out to me is one, Brock Jordan over at Okemos. He's a Offensive lineman, defensive lineman, 6'3", kid. He's uh, rated a two-star prospect by 24-7 Sports. Uh, has a uh, offer from Morgan State. Has got some MAC interest as well, too. And, you know, depending on how the first few weeks of the season go for him, I mean, some more interest could uh, unfold. And, obviously, Okemos is a school that uh, produced an NFL lineman recently, and Taylor Molden, who graduated in 2012 from the school. So, you know, he's trying to maybe follow in those footsteps and, you know, make it, make it big there. But he's definitely one of the guys to watch out for. Uh, I would say another guy definitely is Nathan Ellenbaugh of Williamston. Uh, he's a defensive lineman. He's got some talent interest. He had more than 100 tackles last year for the Hornets and helped them you know, win a district title in Division Four. So he's, he's another exciting defensive player to, to watch in that area. And then another kid is Blake Gatfield, the quarterback from DeWitt. And obviously, DeWitt is always a, a very strong program here in the Lansing area and have a large number of returners again this year. And, and he, he's kind of one of the key catalysts for them. You know, had a really good season last year for them and helping them to that 12th grade league title. So, I mean, I would say those three right there are kind of the ones that kind of immediately jump out at me. But obviously, there's some talented all state running backs back like Connor Near and Dallas uh, Carson City Crystal as well, too. So, it's going to be a fun year to, to watch the talent here in the Lansing area. Let's go to maybe three or four teams we need to watch out for. I know in the, the small school range, you got Puamu Westphalia, back-to-back champions, but uh, tell us about some of the teams we should be watching out for. Yeah, you definitely have to kind of start with Puamu Westphalia as a team that's you know, kind of dominated Division Seven, you know, the past couple of years, and it has really been knocking on the door a few years before that as well, too. But you know, Coach Jimmy Miller really has a good program going there, and really, I mean, they've always kind of been good at football when you look at the Palama West Valley and, and just the dedication that they have to the sport. So they're an interesting team to watch, and you know, they have a couple of intriguing games as well, too, when you look at them starting the season against another perennial power in this area in Ithaca, and then also closing the season against Williamson, which is a bigger school as well, too. So there will be a couple of exciting contests to watch, and Another team definitely is uh, DeWitt, like I mentioned that previously. I mean, this is a team that's you know, going for a 13 straight league title, but they will try to do it in a different league this year because obviously one of the big stories here in the Lansing area is that 
the big school conference, the CAAC, shuffled its divisions this year. So now the Wit will be uh, competing against the bigger schools. So they'll be going head-to-head against you know, a school like Grand Ledge for a league title. And Grand Ledge has won their division of the, the CAAC uh, three straight years. So, I mean, that's another team to watch out for. And then another intriguing team is Hazlitt. Is a, Hazlitt is a team that hasn't won a league title in a few years. And partly part of that is because they've been you know, going head-to-head against the Wit. But they have a large cast of returning players this year. Jaden Balin's one of those guys. They have a quarterback back in. Mitchell Moed, Hiram Tibbetts is another exciting player for them as well, too. And they're a team that's kind of considered now a favorite to win a league title in the CAAC Red now that the Wit has departed and moved on to the Blue Division. So, I mean, I think those are three teams definitely to keep an eye, keep an eye on in the Lansing area this year. All right, let's wrap up, Brian, with uh, maybe some things that our listeners can look for in the Lansing State Journal in the next uh, month or so. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, the, our football content has, uh, you know, been out. It uh, came out on Sunday in the end of and the print edition, and it is out online as well, too. So that's definitely something to check out as we kind of recap the top players in the area, some games to watch, and a few other features. But other things, you know, is kind of maybe trying to figure out who in the Lansing area has the best football stadium. So kind of unfolding that and, you know, uh, seeing, seeing our readers weigh in on that. And then also, I mean, there's a lot of new coaches in the Lansing area on the football scene this year as well, too. And that's going to be something to, to kind of follow along throughout the season as well, too, because it seems like there's more and more turnover when it comes to uh, coaching and football is no exception to that. So they're kind of following, you know, up with stories like that. You can follow me at Brian. It's at B-R-I-A-N underscore C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. More high school football talk next with Jason Fielder, the sports reporter and anchor at WNEM. Well, Jason, it's football season, baby. Let's start with maybe uh, three or four players in uh, your uh, viewership area. Well, I picked out two, um, two big ones because um, they have ties to the biggest universities in the state of Michigan. Um, Start with uh, Flint Carmen Ainsworth Sr., Mike Fletcher, a defensive lineman who is committed to MSU. This guy is 6'7", 250-plus pounds. He's, he gets bigger every time I see him. He is a force. He's an he's a outstanding athlete, uh, a solid basketball player on a very good Carmen Ainsworth team this past season. It feels like he's been in high school forever, but that's just how good he's been, and he's been a varsity player for a while. And to commit to MSU, he had a lot of offers from tons of big-time D1 programs, and he's probably the number one player from our area, at least off the top of my head, that uh, we'll be watching out for this this season to see how good he can be. And then also probably DeVell Washington, the junior wide receiver from Bay City Central. Last year as a sophomore, I can't remember the game I was at, but, man, he is such a playmaker. He's a tall guy. I believe he's 6'3", 6'4". It seems like he's growing and he's bigger every time I see him, too. He was offered by Michigan earlier this year, and uh, he's a three-star uh, kid, at least right now. You know, the star system, we could go on and on about that and, and how inadequate that thing is. Uh, that, that could be a whole different podcast. But... He's an excellent player, and to be offered by Michigan, I believe Harbaugh offered him on the spot after seeing him at a camp earlier this year. So that's very impressive, and I feel like he's the type of kid we'll have to keep our eye on this year and the numbers he puts up, but he's going to obviously draw double or maybe even triple teams. Wow, yeah, well, those are a couple definitely to look out for. How about the teams in your area? Well, you got to start – to me, you got to start with Ithaca. They they are one of the greatest programs in the state of Michigan. And the, the run they've been on the last decade is absolutely incredible. 
They've made the state championship game in seven of the last eight seasons. This year is going to be very tough for them to get back. Last year they went and they lost in the championship game, but they lost 20 seniors from last year's team. And a lot of times they reload. They've got guys coming up. But uh, this year they're going to be younger than I think they've been in the last seven, eight, nine years. So it's going to be interesting to see if Ithaca can keep that up because it's one thing to make the playoffs or to win the division, but when you've set the bar that high of every year it's getting to the state championship game at Ford Field, that is very tough for high school kids to have to live up to. And it's almost been uh, not a requirement, but it seems like Ithaca, they set the bar and they reach it almost every year. And so we'll see if, if they can get it done. I'm also looking out for Swan Valley. They made it to the state championship last year. They were 12-2, and two, D5 state runner-up. They return a lot of players. And so if they can continue to be in Division 5 and they don't move up to Division 4, I feel like they have a shot of making it back to Ford Field. Of course, you're going to have to have some luck. You're going to have to I mean, you stay injury-free. But they were a very talented team last season that made a great run. And then finally, uh, kind of a smaller version of Ithaca. They just haven't been as successful at the top, but they've been consistently great over the last decade or so. And that's New Lothrop. They've got eight straight 10 plus win seasons and and check this out in the last in six of the last seven years they've lost to the eventual state champion in the playoffs so they've been a very very good team and then they get to the playoffs at some point whether it's you know district championship or even the state semifinals in the last eight years they run into the eventual state champ and they can't get over the hump and and they i know they're working every day to get over that hump head coach clint galvis we just interviewed him the other day and he said yeah we always play a tough non-conference schedule because for us it's not just about making the playoffs but it's about doing damage and getting back to ford field because the last championship they had i believe was in 2006 tell our listeners where else they can find you Friday Night Lights, yeah, we, we do that every Friday. Uh, high school football coverage, and, and it's just it's awesome. We go out to games also, and, and it seems like no matter what high school we go to, there's people saying, hey, Jason, how you doing, man? Oh, awesome, we're going to see you guys. We'll see the, the highlights tonight, right? And so that's really cool that seemingly people watch us, uh, especially out in the thumb. Boy, they, they, they are TV5 fans, and we, we're very thankful for that. Uh, but then on weekends, then we got – so much going on on Saturdays with Michigan, Michigan State being ranked in the top 15, I, I believe, at least in one of the polls. And then Sundays, you know, I'm always looking forward to providing my opinion and my take on every Sunday night on WNEM TV 5 after the Lions game, just because you never know what can happen in the NFL. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks for having me. The next guest we have is Daniela Bruce. She also works for the State Champs Network. She's a reporter, and uh, she's going to give us another preview on what she thinks that we should look out for in Detroit. Hey, guys, my name is Daniela Bruce, and I work for State Champs High School Sports Show, which covers all high school sports in the state of Michigan, but we do a lot of football, and this will be my third season covering football with them. So I've been in the metro Detroit area for a while now covering all different kinds of teams, and it's a lot of fun. So I want to get into it with you guys and tell you who I think are three players that you should be watching for this upcoming season. And we're going to start in Detroit at Cast Tech High with Jared Mangum. He is a 
running back and a linebacker, so playing on both sides of the ball. He's a four-star recruit and the only one left in his senior class. And as we know, Cast Tech is always in the, the conversation for a state championship. They're always really, really good. But Jared specifically has nearly 50 offers already, and he is verbally committed to Colorado. And 247 Sports has him ranked the 33rd best athlete in the country, and he's ninth in Michigan. So Cast Tech was a strong competitor last year, and they went nine and three. And nine and three for them is actually considered a down season, especially after their 14 and 0 and state championship title in 2016. So I think it will be interesting to see what Mangum does as a senior and the leader of his offense, and obviously his final season at Cast Tech. So now we'll move on to Josh DeBerry, who is a cornerback for the De La Salle Pilots out of Warren. He has 13 offers. He's also undecided as of now. And De La Salle is defending a D2 state title. Their defense was extremely strong last year, so the team's looking to DeBerry for leadership. And many believe that he is underrated, so his performance this season will be pretty crucial. And they may not be as good as last year because their offense lost a lot, including their quarterback, Luke Fromm, but their defense is still expected to be strong, so I think that will be something to look out for throughout this whole 2018-2019 season. On to the last player that I think you should be watching is Justin Rogers out of Oak Park. Oak Park as a whole is going to be exciting to watch this year. They've got a lot of great players. Rogers himself is a four-star junior. He's a two-way player, a guard, and a defensive end. And he's rated the top guard in the state as a 2020 grad. So three dozen offers already, and he's got offers on the table from schools like Alabama, OSU, Clemson, Georgia, Michigan, Michigan State, and so many more. So just right there watching a player that is expected to be able to play that caliber of college football will be exciting for everybody. And it seems like he would have a lot of pressure for his junior season. His coach says that he's equally good on run and pass block, and he has really high expectations for him. So it will be interesting to see how he pr- he protects his quarterback, who's Mathis, actually a committed Buckeye for next fall. So Oak Park will just, they'll be overall fun to watch and interesting to see what they do in the playoffs. As of now in preseason, they're ranked in the top 10 in Michigan. Okay, and here are some interesting storylines for the upcoming season. Let's start this off with Orchard Lake St. Mary's. And the reason I say Orchard Lake St. Mary's is because they are always really, really good. They won their league three years in a row. They were actually defending a three-peat at the state title last season, and they finished 2-6 and six and 0-3 and in the Catholic League, which is pretty unheard of, and they were not expected to finish that low. And I think that that might have been a fluke, so I think it will be a cool story to watch to see how everything unfolds. They have some good returning seniors, so I think they will be really fun, and they will do a lot better than 2-6. and six. And then we'll go over kind of a neighboring school, which is West Bloomfield, who fell short in the Division One state championship game last year to Clarkston. I don't know if you guys remember that game, but it was a 3-2 to two finish at Ford Field. And that's like the lowest scoring state championship game in state history. So West Bloomfield lost their senior quarterback in Bryce Beasley, who was really, really good. But they have some good returning seniors. They have some wide outs. They've got running backs. So they should still be pretty solid. And they averaged more than 35 points a game last year up until that, you know, three and three to two finish in the state championship game. So I think they'll be looking to make a run back to Ford Field. And my last and personal favorite 
story to look out for is Farmington Hills Harrison. Last year as a school, their school is actually closing, combining with other Farmington Hills high schools. They've been to 18 state championships, and they lost to Muskegon in the finals last year. John Harrington is their head coach, and for those of you who don't know, he is the winningest high school football coach in Michigan. They dedicated a field to him and everything last year, and as the school is closing, he's coached people like Drew Stanton. He is looking to get back to Ford Field for the last year at Farmington Hills Harrison. So they have a lot of returning juniors and seniors. Noah Hendricks, who was the 2017-2018 quarterback, he has graduated. And a really interesting thing that I noticed about Harrison is they have Rod Hurd, who is known for his skills at corner and running back, has been taking snaps at quarterback for them in the preseason here. So I think that will be fun to see. I don't know exactly how they're going to use him, but that that's really interesting because it looks like he'll kind of be playing all over. Along with another senior, Ben Williams, who was mostly a running back, and it looks like they're still going to use him that way this year. He was also on the kick return. So he'll be playing a little bit of everywhere this season. And you can tell just by the stories written about them, the interviews done with them, that these kids are determined to get back there, not only for their school, but for their legendary coach. And, guys, that's all I have for you. I hope you're excited for the high school football season. It always gets me really, really excited. I'm a huge football fan, so I'm glad I got to do this for you, and I hope you take that into consideration. And, you know, State Champs has everything high school football all the time. You can check them out at statechampsnetwork.com and follow them on all social media at State Champs Net. The Corona Connection is a direct mail paper sent to all of Corona, Vernon, and Shiawassee County parts of Lennon. You can also pick up a copy of the latest edition at many Corona businesses and Kroger. Like them on Facebook, and you can view the entire Corona Connection paper online every month, both on Facebook and at coronaconnection.com. Next up, out of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, is Mark Evans of Great Lakes Radio out of Marquette. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mark, it's football season. We're excited and uh, another great year in store. But right now on our podcast, we want to get your input on starting off with maybe three or four players up in your territory up there we ought to be looking out for. There are actually a good handful of them, but uh, the top three I'd have to tell you about are actually a couple of quarterbacks and one receiver the receiver would be the uh, martish kid ethan martish out of marquette he is uh, one of the all-time leading receivers in the redmond football program and he single-handedly won them two or three games last year a couple of quarterbacks one is at westwood high school which is nathan beckman and it's interesting because he and the other quarterback to tell you about is jason waterman they're both sophomores or both juniors rather and they both started last year as sophomores, so we're going to see two teams up here that are going to have three-year starters at quarterback, which is very, very rare for our part of the world. Wow, well, you know how much uh, experience means to a football program, so that'll definitely be something to watch out for. Now, in the uh, UP, there's a lot of eight-man football nowadays, but there's also the good old-fashioned 11-man football. Let's talk about maybe three of the teams, three or four of the teams in your area that uh, are really going to be a team to contend with. That's kind of difficult in a way because we're going to be seeing a lot of teams that we have never really seen before. Both Westwood that we talked about and Nagani that we talked about, uh, their old conference has been disbanded. That was the Mid-Peninsula Conference. They joined forces with what's called the West Pack or the Western Peninsula Athletic Conference. So we're going to see some players that we've never really seen before and seen some teams that we've never seen before. 
Um, I can tell you that Nagani is going to be very strong. Uh, you're familiar with Ishpeming winning three state titles in the last five years, six years. Uh, they are going to be back and very strong. And I mentioned that Westwood team. There's a lot of people that are looking at the Westpac big race coming down to Nagani and Westwood, which will be the last game of the regular season. Wow, always good, rugged football played in the Upper Peninsula for sure. Now, uh, before we wrap up this little segment, give our listeners something maybe they can follow online or what you got going on and the, and the best way they can check out Great Lakes Radio. Well, you can certainly head to any of the individual station websites. Our Marquette coverage is on foxsportsmarquette.com. Our Nagani coverage is on a website of sunny.fm. And Ishpeming is the other team we cover. They are on WRUP.com. And there's also an interesting website that's out there. It's up-football.com. Now, that has nothing to do with our company, but it's a great resource for the uh, football played above the bridge. Next up is Eddie Fury of ThumbTailgator.com. Uh, welcome to the pod, Eddie. And, uh, you know, you're covering the thumb, so why don't you let us know about uh, three or three players or so there we should be watching out for? Well, uh, not particularly players, because a lot of these teams now are going over a changeover players. You know, when you get these seniors and starters that come through, you reload. And some of the particular teams are reloading once again. Um, the usual suspects in my coverage area, especially in the thumb, will be the Greater Thumb Conference. A little bit of change in the Greater Thumb Conference, especially in the Greater Thumb East. Uh, they got a newcomer to the Greater Thumb East. If anybody's familiar with the Greater Thumb East, uh, Ubley Bearcats, Harbor Beach Pirates, a state champion from the past, are involved with that. But a newcomer would be the KPAC Chiefs. And they come into the league for the first time this year. They've been with the Blue Water Area Conference for a long time, had their ups and downs. They're a classy size school now. So now they're playing teams about their size. And, uh, it's actually a good welcome to have them in the Greater Thumb East. It fits their mold. You can get some new rivalries. You'll still have uh, Brown City and KPEC still have, will continue their rivalry. But I would say at the top of the echelon, you have Harbor Beach and Obley always battling for the Greater Thumb East title. Throw in the mix of the Marlite Red Raiders. They're starting to reload. They've had their woes in the past uh, two, three years. But they're an exciting offense. They use a spread offense compared to what Obley uh, uses the wing tee. Uh, Harbor Beach themselves, a combination of the wing tee and the spread offense also. But I would say your usual suspects are going to be in the greater thumb east. There's going to be a battle between Harbor Beach and the Ubley Bearcats. I lean towards Ubley because they did win the title last year, but Harbor Beach is right there, right behind them. And they do have a lot of talent coming back. And plus their JV team played really well also. So, you know, it's hard to follow JV when you're following varsity for so long. But you got to consider what the JV did the year before to see what you're going to have into the new season. How about the, the trend to a lot of the smaller schools going to eight-man football. Are you seeing that in the thumb area? Yeah, you know, in fact, we just found out that Carsonville Port Salak, who were one of the first eight-player champions, you know, the first time was kind of unofficial, wasn't sanctioned, but then they won, you know, the state title the year after. Now, they are not going to have a varsity program. This was just announced the past week. So that's going to be, you know, the, now some teams have got to find out how to fill in that schedule or just forfeit the game. The North Central Thumb League has gotten bigger now. It's, it's spread to three different, I guess you could say, divisions. And that, that would be the North Central Thumb Eight-Man League Red. You have the North Central Thumb Eight-Man League White. And now you have the North Central Thumb Eight-Man League Blue, which consists, if you, 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 you all remember, you'll, for all those Morris fans out there, uh, the Deckerville Eagles, of course, is a team that has been in the last four years in a semifinal. With the last four straight years, they've been in 
the semifinal at least five times since 2012 when they won their state championship also. Of course, last year, uh, you know, the, the games were moved up north with Central Lake winning. Uh, it was a great game, 32-30 in that one also. But I kind of like how they also how they split the divisions in eight-player football. So, it, obviously, it's growing. And one of the key uh, newcomers, people may be familiar with this team, is Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart coming in. And I think Deckerville has one of, probably one of the toughest schedules. And not to be biased about it, but uh, Morris is coming back. They're reloading. I know you're familiar with Morris. Oh, yeah. Near neck of the woods. I think, I think they're going to be a good team. And, in fact, that girl never looks past Morris. You know, Morris can just just, just come, you know, out of the blue and, and beat you in a game if you keep your head, you know, looking down there. You can't look past them. That's the second game of the season for Deckerville. They do have Flint International. They're a dynamic team. Defense could use a lot of work. But listen to the schedule. you got Flint International, first game for Deckerville. Then you got Morris. And then you got Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. You know, you wonder how first-year teams can play an eight-player uh, Deckerville proved they can do it. I think Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart, you know, they're perennial power from the past. I think they can do it also. Another team to look out for is Kingston. They bring back a lot of talent. In fact, their quarterback, I do believe he's coming back this year, his name was Hunter James. He was our player of the year in our thumb media. We we thought he was looked past. I mean, if we had that play in our uh, on Deckerville team, I think we would have had no problem winning the state title also. You know, you, and, and you, know, you also have Dryden, Mayville, and North Huron who bring back a lot of the same players last year. They did pretty good. They had a 10-win uh, winning season also. And Peck uh, welcomes back their old coach also now from a couple years ago. Peck has won a state title in the past also. So this NCTL blue division, pretty good division. Uh, compared to the other divisions, you know, they try to make it a priority-wise, you could say a little bit more competitive, you know, with the size of schools in their size that, that will help them out. Maybe they get in the playoffs or not. But I would say a lot of the playoff teams may come from the blue section also. And, you know, there's only a limited amount of teams, of eight-player teams coming in. Now, you, you asked about that more teams are coming in. Yes, I think probably more teams will be coming in even next year. Now, Eddie, where are you going to be opening weekend? And uh, tell our listeners the best way to follow you. Well, they can go to thumbtailgator.com. We have Channel 1 and Channel 2. We're going to primarily base it on Channel 1. We're going to start off the week with two games, a Thursday game and a Friday game. The, the key game in my coverage area, because we stretch out all the way around to the Blue Water area, is a really good game with Algonac. People should be familiar with Algonac. They came out of the blue about uh, three, four years ago where they had long, many, many losing seasons. We followed the Blue Water Area Conference because they involved Croswell, uh, Almont. Uh, but the game opener for Algonac is Muskegon Catholic Central. They thrive on taking on competition. People run away from Muskegon Catholic Central. Algonac says, we want to play that team because they're one of the best teams no matter what you know, class size they are. And, and, they, and, and they have a gauntlet the first three games of their season. Um, you, now people have to go through Algonac to get to that BWAC title, league title. And, and right after Muskegon Catholic Central, they have Richmond, Almont, and a newcomer to the Blue Water Air Conference is North Branch now, who was the former head coach of Almont back in the Almont power years also, if you remember from state semifinals. And Croslex, Croswell Lexington is reloaded. They bring back a lot of talent. Their starting quarterback for the past two years is back for his final season this year. So the Blue Water Air Conference is really competitive. i got to mention the Greater Thumb West also. The Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers, because they're in that Greater Thumb Conference, they're in the Greater Thumb West. Uh, I think the title will probably come through them or the Cass City Redhawks. They bring back some talent also. There's some numbers games. You know, all schools across the state are battling with number games also. Another newcomer to the Greater Thumb West is the Carroll Tigers. Now, they used to be in the Tri-Valley East. They come to the Greater Thumb Conference. And it's been a shakeup. I think across the state there's been a lot of shakeup of teams switching leagues and conferences due to the fact that some 
teams have gone down to a player also or moved down in sizes because of the divisions and you know the class sizes a bit from all schools they've gotten smaller and smaller uh, across the state so it's it's, it's going to see some new rivalries in our neck of the woods in the thumb area i'm really excited you're going to see some some pretty good games and matchups well i'll tell you one other thing here eddie uh our listeners can follow you at thumbtailgator.com, but also in today's day and age of Twitter and on Friday and Friday nights, Thursday nights. I mean, we're all over the place getting scores. Tell our listeners where to follow you on Twitter. Well, that's pretty easy. Uh, all our links are located on our website. It's pretty easy at thumbtailgator.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. You know, I, I would say sometimes we'll use Snapchat, but it's so hard to follow. That's just too much social media to, uh, to <laughs> stick to. But we we love Twitter. We use Twitter. It's pretty easy. You can find it at Thumbtailgator on our Twitter. We also have our blog. It's it's linked up there also. It's thumbtailgator.blogspot.com. That's where we primarily post all our scores weekly also. It's a lot of hard work. You know it, Ted. It's a lot of hard work, but you got to have a love for it and have a passion for it, and that's why we keep doing it. You know it, brother. Well, I appreciate the time, and uh, our listeners can keep up on the thumb with Eddie Fury. Appreciate it, Eddie. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for our Prep Pigskin Preview Program. Share this pod with all your friends. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or TuneIn. Email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our brand-new Twitter site. That's at threepointpod. We'd love to get comments and tweets at us. And again, thanks to the Corona Public Schools, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, the Corona Connection, and Z92.5 The Castle. Also, very special thanks to all our great guests for taking out time and helping us here and gear up for high school football. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Until next time, thanks for listening to our first annual Three Point Podcast Prep Pigskin Preview.